0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio.
1: 630 chan. The Edmonton Oilers are shut out for the second time in the last three games. Tonight's final at Rogers Place, Nashville 4. Edmonton nothing. And for the second time in the last three games, the Oilers are shut out when getting over 40 shots on net. Tonight, the Oilers with 46 shots on UC Soros, they cannot beat him. It is the most saves ever made by an opposing goaltender in a shutout of the Edmonton Oilers. 22 in the first period, 11 in the second period, 13 more in the third. The game obviously turned greatly in the second period because that's when Nashville got all their goals. They have outscored their opponents 51-27 in second periods this season. And the Oilers continue to go one up, one down. At least that's how it's gone lately. They are 6-5 in their last 11 games, and they continue to have a putrid home ice record. Now 5-10 and 10 on the season on home ice. That is hard to explain. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, we're in Rogers Place, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. That open line number is 780-496-0063. Well, Rob, establish something on home ice come out in the first period, put the other team on its heels, if you just look at that opening 20 minutes,
2: that's what the Oilers were able to do. They just couldn't score. Well, they, they, You would have just had all the little boxes, check mark, check mark, check mark. The, the Oilers did all the things they needed to be, do in the first period. They they were very good offensively. They got pucks in deep. They didn't give up anything defensively. They were uh, disciplined. They had energy. They were physical. All, all the things you needed to do Except they didn't score and the one fear that you have in, in those periods that if you, don't, if you don't put the puck in the net, if you don't get rewarded, if you don't uh, accomplish something when you play that well that you're going into the, the intermission not feeling great and the team that just got absolutely um, embarrassed. Almost in the first period, is what Nashville was—the shot 22-4—they actually feel pretty good about themselves because they weathered the storm and they know that they can get better. And it always works that way that the next chance goes against you and it goes in. And I don't know if it's fate, I don't know if it's the hockey gods, but that's what you've always seen. We talked about it at the end of the first, and sure enough, the first shot on net in the in the in the second period by Nashville—one that was going high and and was. Over the crossbar, ends up in the back of the net, a bad break, because we I believe that the referees and whoever did the video missed it. Mm-hmm. I think it should have been no goal. But all you everything you work for, all that you put forward in the first part of the game when you're out shooting the opposition twenty-seven to five or whatever it was, is for naught because now you're trailing one nothing.
1: Predators get goals from Aberg, Fiala, Turris, and Yossi, and again those forty six saves by UC Saro. So the Oilers chase Price. They chase Pabrowski. They are shut out by McElhinney and Saros. You'll hear from Todd McClellan in a couple of minutes. Right now, we'll go to the open line and bring Chris onto the show. Chris, thanks a lot for calling.
3: Hi there. How are you doing? Pretty good. Good. I'm with uh, Jeff Badger here. <laughs> um, I went to the game for the first night here. I've never been to Rogers place. And I sat down. And I've never seen so little energy, in the Edmonton Oilers ranked in my whole entire life.
1: Well, it does. It probably doesn't help that they're five and nine at home. They haven't given home fans a lot to cheer about, have they?
3: No, but like you're not even allowed bangers. You're not allowed air horns. You're not allowed nothing anymore. It's all against rules now. Like it's against hockey. Like I grew up a fan. I grew up playing hockey and everyone had air bangers. they had air horns they had all the works right like you can't even get the crowd pumped up anymore it's embarrassing
1: okay thanks chris we appreciate it Seven eight zero we'll bring brian onto the show as well hey brian howdy hello uh
4: yeah um yeah i was just gonna just make a comment on uh, on the game um the Oilers did start great in the first period, as you said, uh, Rob. Um, I don't know what it is about the Oilers, though, and, and, and I and I agree with you. Like I, I knew after the first period when they didn't score, that look out. You know, it seems like that's usually what happens is the team that gets out shot, you know, bounces one off somebody and it goes in. But uh, the the Oilers, it, even even the shots, I think were a little deceiving. The forty six shot. I found that the oilers started giving up like the, the energy you could see it it seems like they it it saps out of them when uh, they when they you know especially going through a, a period like the first period they 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 just tend to kind of uh, they, they start getting tentative and they and they, they just, the energy isn't there and I know they got 46 shots but I'd like to hear your guys comments on that like you notice that they kind of um, like the four check isn't as strong. Uh, you know, they're, they're not banging the bodies. You know, they, they just, they, they're going, kind of start going through the motions.
2: Well, I don't know if they went through the motions. I think that when, you, and it's not just the Oilers, it's any team that dominates and, and feels that the game is in complete control. And all of a sudden, one shot, they're down. Okay, we're going to come fight that back from that. That's only one goal. Bang, next shot, it's in again. And all of a sudden, you look at the scoreboard. You're out shooting a team 28-6. to six. You're down 2 nothing, And you start thinking in your head, like, oh, what are we doing wrong? And frustration comes in. I think it was more frustration that, that crept into their game a bit. Now, they kept pushing forward, but Nashville gained confidence. They're saying, oh, you know what? Here's a game that we were completely out of. We've come back here in the second period. We got a couple goals, and they got better. And after after the first period, it was more or less an even game. Both teams shot-wise fairly even. It was just the first period where the Oilers dominated. But I think it was frustration and some disbelief that crept into the Oilers game when all of a sudden a game that they were just absolutely almost toying with the Predators in the first period, and now they're down a couple and eventually four after two. And I think the disbelief set in.
1: I also think when Nashville got up by three, you really saw them focus on defense. I mean, b- blocked shots, you know, collapsing down in front of the net. So the Oilers had trouble getting stuff
2: through as well. Well, they, the Oilers had disbelief, and all of a sudden the Nashville Predators found belief in their game. In a game that after the first period, they're like, oh, wow, that wasn't very good. But they get up a couple goals. Now there's the belief that they can win this hockey game with their backup goalie who stood on his head. So, so yeah, the, the Nashville Predators, after the first period ended, became much more like the Nashville Predators can play. They played a very good road game after they got through the first once they survived the first period. 4-0.
1: 4-0. The Predators take down the Oilers tonight. No Japanese Village goal light this evening. I mean crazy last four games. The Oilers have been shut out twice and we've turned on the Japanese Village goal light twice, which we do whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. Then you can go to 630Ched.com slash Oilers and pick up, uh, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side and north side. 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Rob to the show. Rob Rob, you're on with Robin Reed.
5: Thanks, Robin Reed, for taking my call. Uh, I gotta agree. I think I was one of the better first periods Oilers played this year. Just no puck luck, and I think uh, they need to blow up their power play. I don't know who's running their power play, but you watch all these other teams, and I don't know for some reason theirs just sucks.
1: <laughs> well, they lost the special teams battle again, Rob. I mean, that's that's a good point. And and if you look at you know, we often talk about sometimes when the goals are scored. scored two, the Oilers have two power plays in the first period. Obviously, you can get the lead. Don't score on either, and then the Predators get a power play in the second period, and, and they get a goal to go up to nothing, and then and then you're in a pretty big hole halfway through the game.
2: Well, what we've what we've seen this year too with the Oilers, especially teams have killed them. I mean, they haven't. Their power play is not near where it should have been. And they have not scored the goals on their power play when they needed to. And their penalty kill, I mean, all year long ha- has let them down. And sometimes it's bad breaks or bad bounces. But at the end of the day, when you're 50-some percent on home ice, penalty 57. killing. 57.8% Fifty-seven. At home. I mean, that is unheard of. Yeah, it terrible. is incredible.
5: Well, and it just seems they're looking for the perfect pass all the time.
1: Well, uh, you know what? Just...
5: just, just yeah, Can yeah, I think. On yeah, on I think.
1: Net. I think Rob, they were they were better at shooting today on the power play. I, I think big picture. Yeah, they've they've overpassed. I think I yeah. do think they've got better shooting lately. But yes, at, at some point you got to get a key power play goal that that lets you seize control or ties it or puts you ahead. And then you know, like Rob said, the the penalty killing is, has just been a disaster. Rob, we got to go downstairs to to Todd McClellan. Thanks a lot for calling. Coach, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices.
6: Actually scoring from goal. Well, there is, uh, there is, and when I think of the game, obviously we've got to re-watch it and analyze it a little bit better, but from, uh, from that first reaction, I thought there was times where we weren't around the net and the goaltender saw it, and yet there was times where we had too many people at the net. The timing was poor. I think we had over... 40, 45 shots that were uh, blocked or missed the net because of the traffic. So, um, you know, you stress getting guys there and they go there and the shots are blocked and other times they're not there and the goaltender's seeing it. So we are just off on, on both sides of that tonight. In the first, uh, you did everything but score. You had two power plays as well. You've been drawing more power plays lately. Opportunity where your power play, you know, Oscar and a lot of guys talked about. It. If we could just get that first goal, it would be such a big difference. Yeah, it makes uh, a huge difference. You saw what happened in, uh, you know, in Columbus when you uh, when you score first. You feel pretty good about yourselves, and, and including Montreal, and that seems to break the. Uh, uh, the shell, if you will. Um, uh, again, the power play wasn't a disaster. It had created 11 shots on goal. That's, that's the other thing. You look at our 11 opportunities that the goaltender had to stop. They had two. Both of them went in. And you can't blame that on our goaltender. So it was it was one of those nights. The, the first goal, it seemed like a high stick for, for a lot of us up in the press box. What did you see from that one? Well, in my opinion, it was a high stick too. But uh, I, I think what happened in that situation, and i, I could be completely wrong is that I don't even think the referee thought it was touched by a high stick and he just pointed goal. Um, then they've got a goal call and it's tough to overturn a, a high stick call when it's when it's close. So they get the goal and um, you know it's a break that went against us. But um, we should be able to overcome one of them anyhow. People may look at the box score tomorrow and think that this had something to do with goaltending. I'm not saying I do. Can you just... No, it's... It, it, let's go through the goals high stick, nothing he could do about it uh, the second one on the, the penalty kill ricochets off Nuge uh, off Darnell and goes right to an open player um, the third one, it's a broken play everybody just kind of paused and a real good shooter had just rifled it and the fourth one's a five on three that his cross crease he reaches for it, there's nothing he can do about it so uh, no one's pinning this one on the goaltender, at least
7: from our end to turn the page just a little bit, your team has played four pretty darn good games in a row now. The results haven't been what you wanted, but this team looks to be a lot more in sync than they were, say, two weeks ago. We've seen some pretty good games out of you. Well,
6: you know, it's. I believe you're right, uh, but what has to happen is there has to be some wins strung together. And one of the things we talked about after it was 4 nothing between the second and third is that we can't let the score affect mistakes and lack of structure now moving forward. I thought our team did a good job of that in the third period. We were we were disciplined. We kept playing the way we needed to play. We, we weren't all over the map. There wasn't anybody hanging their heads. Uh, so that was a positive stride. I do think we're playing better hockey than we did three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. but. Um, you can have those moral victories when you're comfortably in a uh, in a playoff position, and obviously we're not. So, um, you know, we need the wins, and that's what it's about. Todd, uh, does this underscore how funny hockey is? You just beat up on two Vezina trophy winners, and you got beat by two backup goalies who hardly ever play. And yeah, I never. More than 40 shots both times. Never, never thought of that. Um, obviously, putting it all together, but uh, both uh, McElhaney and Soros today they had good games they were uh, you know both of them made some outstanding saves pucks they didn't really even see they got to and um, you know you got to tip your hat to a performance like that.
1: Well, Saros, the obvious first start tonight for the Predators, 46 saves. Turris, great addition to the Predators roster. He got his seventh of the year. He's the second star. Matthias Ekholm, couple of assists, was out against Connor McDavid a lot. He is the third star. Rob and I present the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Where
2: are you looking? I mean... Offensively, this is a tough one to pick a four star because the Oilers get nothing on the scoreboard, yet, a number of players had great scoring chances. The Oilers give up four, yet, on the back end, it wasn't on the goaltender. You can't give it to the penalty killers because they gave up, what, two power play goals against? Can't give it to the power play guys because they got nothing.
1: Um, well, we'll decline it tonight, and the next fourth star will be give given two? credit for two. Okay, we'll I like two, that. will give two next game. There we go. I, I, I quickly just want to talk about the reviewed goal because I know people get uh, upset about video review, and I'm going to preface this by saying the Oilers did not lose because of that goal. They, they gave up no. three legitimate goals, but we should briefly talk about it because, Rob, you and I know fans, not just who watch Oilers games, but who watch NHL games sometimes scratch their heads about <laughs> video review. This is what I saw. The end zone camera... From the, from the Nashville, behind the Nashville net, shooting down towards the net the Oilers were defending, yep. showed Aberg had, was holding his stick in the air, his glove was above the crossbar, and then his stick obviously extended above the crossbar. On that angle, it was tough to see exactly where the puck hit the stick. But on another angle, shooting diagonally into the zone from center ice, in the stands, you could see the puck hit his stick above his hand. So, I'm a little miffed why the people watching video review can't put two and two yes. together. Oh, if it hit his stick there, and in this angle we see his stick is there, it was too high. I, I think there's probably a lot of frustrated people out there when something is reviewed and then it appears to, in my mind, blatantly be <laughs> incorrect well, after video. It's that, like, why I have video?
2: Well, it, it's like those videos where you see the goalie's glove behind the goal line and you know the puck is under the glove yet they say well we can't see the puck where the puck is well it's under the glove you know it's in the net but they can't say unless it's indisputable and i agree i you and i you sit right below me here in the press box and we always whenever there's a review we turn back and forth and we talk about what we think and i've been in the game now i moved away when i was 15 so i've been in the game for 34 years and i've seen i think just about everything yet i can't get more of these reviews wrong and, and just, I'm dumbfounded afterwards. How they, okay, how does he not see that? I mean, that is obvious. And the, the, the best way, and this is the way they should actually, they should just throw away the, the replay altogether. And just look at the guy that scores. Because a guy <laughs> that scores knows if he cheated or not. And on that one right there was, was it was Berg, wasn't it? Aberg berg yeah. A-Berg, A-Berg that scored. There was absolutely no motion. There was no celebration after the goal. Because he knew that he high-sticked the puck. Now, if he would have kept the puck or the stick below the crossbar and that goes in the net, it's tough scoring in the National Hockey League. So if you score a goal, you're pretty excited. So the simple fact that a- Aberg does not make any sort of celebratory um, movement after the goal knows, well, okay, they're probably calling this one back, so I'm not going to celebrate too da- too big and look stupid on the, the sports highlights later. So uh, you, you, it, the, you say that the, the goal was not the reason the Oilers lost. No, it wasn't. But when you're a team that is fighting for every point, which the Oilers are right now, where things aren't always going their way and you've dominated a game and they get a shot on net that is obviously a high stick and it gets counted, it is deflating. And as Bob and Jack talked about and Todd McClellan talked about it too, you should be stronger than that as a team. But your team isn't right now. This is a team that is not living up to expectations that are in a position in the standings that no one expected to be. So everything that goes against you, especially something that obvious, it does affect you as a team. And it, and it stunned them for a sec. And all of a sudden, it was how much longer was it after that? that now, uh, about just yeah, six, six more six minutes. And a half, five so and a half minutes. Five and a half later. minutes later, they give up another goal. So yeah, it wasn't the reason they lost the game, no. But it certainly deflated a team that was in total control at that point.
1: Four nothing. The Predators take it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll welcome Noah onto the show. Good evening, Noah.
8: Say hi. Hi. Noah's being shy, but he is saying that he thinks that it's the curse of these new orange jerseys at home.
1: Well, you know what? It it, it works as well as any other theory at this point. <laughs> yeah.
6: So that's all.
3: We just wanted
1: to say thanks for taking our call, and maybe they should try changing a jersey. Thank you. Well, unfortunately, they're not changing back to blue. <laughs> they've they've adopted the orange, and they did well in the orange as an alternate. Mm-hmm. I think they were two, two-thirds winning percentage or something like that. But uh, something's funky on home ice this year for sure. Oilers 5-10. and 10. At home, and tonight they're done in by UC Soros. His postgame comments for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. That is a mouthful. You the goal
9: You like to have as much activity as you did right off the bat. I know, you know, preferably your teammates that want to make you have to make 46 saves. But to get 20 plus in the
10: first 20 minutes, how does that get you into a groove? Well, of course, uh, I personally like to see see a lot of pucks. You You don't think, think so much. You just go with the flow. So obviously it was a good thing to get into the game.
9: The power plays, I mean, that first period out of the three minutes and some odd you had 11 shots there
10: uh, yeah yeah we did, but I think we our penalty kill still did a pretty good job uh, keeping the shots shots outside and let me let me see the puck so obviously our defense was a big part of today's game
9: have you ever seen 46 you know playing junior or anything like that
10: yeah yeah I'm rolling junior last time like this yeah yeah I had a couple of those games.
6: What
10: what can a game like tonight do do for you? Yeah, obviously try to take the positives out of it and 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 also try to try to find something to improve. But yeah, of course it's a good good night, but still gotta improve. What What did he have to
11: say
10: to you? you? Just seemed to be happy happy for me, so yeah, that was nice. How do you you feel right now? Well, well, I felt felt good good playing. Obviously, it was a good win.
12: Uses the second straight back to back, second half back to back that you just make over forty saves. Do you take a little bit of pride too in, in being able to boost the team in this kind of situation? Uh, well obviously I
10: try to help my team team as much as I can, but but yeah, I like to get a lot of a lot of shots, so yeah, I, I like those kinds of games.
9: Did you have a sense the game would go like this when you get in about two in the morning or
10: Uh, I did not really try to think about it, I just try to take a a shot by shot and see where it goes. You see, when you have a 46 save shutout, which is a franchise record, I mean, you're always looking to improve, but what do
9: you look at to improve after you have such a good
10: game? Well, obviously, uh, a little bit like playing with the puck. I can still help help our defense a little bit more with that, and that's uh, one part that I've been trying to work on the last few years.
1: That is UC Soros, 46-save shutout, the most saves ever in a shutout against the Oilers. we got Nick and Brady up next on the open line. You're going to hear from Darnell Nurse. Another rough one for Edmonton, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live
0: from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 6.30 check.
1: Four-second period goals by the Nashville Predators, and they beat the Edmonton Oilers 4-0 tonight at Rogers Place. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Nick has dialed those numbers and is on the line now. Hello, Nick.
4: Hi, thanks for taking my call, guys. Uh, I kind of got a revelation about, like, what's going on with the Oilers, too. Like, I noticed we score a lot of goals, like, over six, And then we can't seem to score the next game, whether it's zero or one. Like, it's not even two. And then uh, sidle forcing passes uh, east to west, which, you know, we've been talking we can't be doing anymore. And, uh, um, but we played hard. I I like the way the boys played. You know, goalie was what played played well, and that's all I can say.
1: Yeah, well especially the first period. I mean, we we yeah, I mean that's the the start the Oilers have been dreaming of on home ice all season long, but they they just were unable to score. So that was a tough one. The East-West game, I think we've talked about sometimes creeps in there for sure Rob as opposed to just getting in on the four check. We're going to finish the play with Nick. We're looking to give you an 8-day parking pass to Jetset U Park. Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. Here we go with Brassois
7: not necessarily
1: in the greatest of positions. The Oilers clear back to center, right to left. Hard hit as Benning flattens Johansson, and the Oilers come thundering the other way. All right, so Benning with a big hit there, Nick. He wears number 83. Who wore number 83 for the Oilers prior?
0: Oh,
2: there you go. He's all over it. Nick, hang on the line, okay? That's another thing we haven't talked about tonight. I I think Benning... Maybe, and I don't even think it's close, the best open ice hitter that the Edmonton Oilers have. He's thrown about five or six of those this year. That was an absolute clinic of a hit that he threw tonight on Johansson. Uh For someone that I, I didn't see that when he came up, I didn't think that would be part of his game. I think he's a, a very heady player, very smart player. Uh, I didn't see him to be a, a player that would be the, the physical player that he is. And... When it comes to open ice hits, it's absolute textbook the way that he throws them. That was a huge hit at that time.
1: Yeah, because you got to make sure you you can't get any part of the head, right? you got to make sure it's shoulder to chest or chest, shoulder to shoulder, whatever. True, and,
2: it, and it's got to be at the right time because you see some guys, they go running out of position to throw a big hit, and they may land the hit, but they give up a, an odd man break going the other way. Uh, you can't come across and, and miss the body and, and use knee on knee, and all of a sudden that's a penalty or... Even you know, bigger penalty could get into a suspension. But he always seems to be solid. Shoulder rate right in the chest. He's very, very good at it. Oilers lose four
1: nothing tonight. Back down to their dressing room for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for forty-five years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Here's Darnell Nurse.
12: Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's tough. I thought we did a lot of good things. To be honest with you. Um, Obviously, our uh, special teams aren't good enough, but um, when you get 46 shots, 46 shots on net, and a lot of really good chances, and none of them go in, Uh, it's tough on the back of the toronto game which was similar again you guys had you know, played toronto in that game too <laughs> yeah it just didn't seem to want to go in that um there's uh like i said it's not like we just put pucks on that we had a lot of really good chances and uh just didn't seem to go in um you know, we've played some some pretty good hockey here recently. Uh, we didn't get the result we wanted tonight, but uh, we just gotta keep pushing. First two, I mean, the first one looked like it was high stick. Yeah, or they say it went off a shaft, not the blade or well, what. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure. You I don't. Because immediately said that was a high stick. I don't, I don't make those calls. <laughs> I just see them right in front of me. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure, uh, not sure what they saw, but um, and then the second one off skate. He goes off the skate and he goes. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, you get four six shots and, and a lot of really good chances, them going and then uh, we go in and a couple tough bounces going. No, um, yeah, we just got to keep pushing. Does a, it seem odd. You drove two Pels and a trophy winners to the bench, and yeah. then two backups <laughs> You still, hardly ever play. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's nonsense. Uh, it's it's uh, you know we could always be better. Obviously, we don't get the right result. We could always be better, but. Um, Okay, we just gotta keep putting uh we got those pucks on that and stuff like that. We gotta keep that uh, keep that up. In the first period you had two chances you know, no, or something, yeah. It's we had chances all night long. Uh for a second and third we had chances. Just didn't seem to, uh didn't, didn't convert. Um no second opportunities or he was making the first save. Second obviously, there's there's rebounds out there to yeah. to be had and I thought we we were hungry on the paint. You saw every time the every time the whistle blew, we had guys in the paint, um banging away at that stuff and their scrum, so uh we gotta keep that up, like I said. Um, no quit in this room and uh, we're just gonna keep pushing.
9: Read that stern on
1: Darnell Nurse, Oilers lose 4-0 to the Predators. Edmonton now 9 points out of the playoffs. Brady and Ken up next. It's Canadian host overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.
0: 6.30 Ched. News, traffic, and weather together.
7: With global news at 10.30, I'm Kyle Morris. Right now in Edmonton, it's 2 degrees. Former Federal Conservative Cabinet Minister Jason Kenney has won a seat in the Alberta Legislature. United Conservative Party leader easily beat six other candidates, including Provincial Liberal leader David Kahn in the by-election in Calgary-Lougheed. Unofficial results indicate Kenney won 71% of the vote. NDP came in second with just over 16% and Liberals third with about 9%. Well, it's almost delivery day for 630 Ched, Santa's Anonymous. Toys will be leaving the depot and given to families in need this weekend. Santa's Executive Director, Landon Nordland, says they are still in need of drivers for delivery weekend, as well as more volunteers for the walk-in week next week. If you'd like to help out, you can find details at 630ched.com. And an audit into the Edmonton Combative Sports Commission says policies weren't fully followed, especially when it comes to the medical history of fighters. It comes as a result of the in-ring death of boxer Tim Haig, who had suffered three MMA fights either by knockout or technical knockout over a 10-month period. report outlined a total of 18 recommendations. Checking 630 Ched guaranteed weather. Tonight will stay mostly cloudy. We'll get down to a low of minus one degree. Tomorrow a chance of showers with a high of five. And Saturday sunny, high of zero. Breaking news when it happens. Your next report is at 11 o'clock. I'm Kyle Morris for 630 Ched. News on demand at 630Ched.com.
4: This program is brought to you by the Furnace Family. Edmonton's furnace replacement experts. Call 780-4FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com
0: is the Canadian House Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan.
1: Your final tonight, Nashville 4, Edmonton nothing. All the goals scored in the second period. The Predators have won 10 straight against the Oilers. Last time Edmonton beat Nashville, March 18th of 2014, Victor Faust was the goaltender in a 5-1 win. Remember him, Rob? Barely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Brady to the show. It's ten thirty-three. Brady, go ahead.
5: Hey, Reed, Rob. How are you doing tonight?
1: Well, we're doing well. It's nice to talk to you. Well, good to
5: talk to you again in a while since I called in. But uh, before I get to it, I want to ask, is that the last Oilers win over Nashville, was that... Uh, the infamous Sergei Kostitsin inf- incident.
1: I think that was in that game. Yeah, so, no, that uh,
5: that I, was, I saw that he came back on my uh, feed the other day. That uh, that mind change was brutal.
2: Remember that Robin oh, changed and that, they got a two on one. I do yeah. remember that. Yeah, I've forgotten all about that. Yeah.
5: Yeah, Leonard Patrow scored that goal. If you remember him.
2: Well, <laughs> I do remember. him. Actually, I remember yeah. him more than I remember Victor Fast. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Well, uh, anyway, I just want to touch on a few things, too, uh, fellas. Uh, I'll first, touch on this. I heard you talking earlier about the, the no goal call, um, talking about you know deflating the team and whatnot. But if I'm going to be honest here, this team was, uh, by a lot of people, talked about to go to the Stanley Cup final this year, or maybe even, or, or at least the West final. To me, you got to be mentally tougher than that. Like. You look at last year in the Anaheim series there was call after call after call that went against them and they still got that series to seven they lost by a goal but you got to be mentally tougher if if you're going to be able to compete am I wrong
2: No you're you're absolutely right and that's what we talked about it that it was deflating for the team and for most teams it would just be a blip in the radar and they would just move on but for a team that's struggling a team that is uh, looking up in the standings and wondering why they're where are they are and not reaching expectations—it's more deflating. And yeah, this this team has not shown to have the the mental strength that it had last year. That every time they have a, a good night, it seems like the next night they go back go back a step. So, yeah, it, it it did affect them. It affects all teams. It probably is affecting the Oilers a little bit more when things go wrong, simply because they're they they're probably feeling everything is going wrong for them this year.
3: Yeah, and that's fair enough, and I, I
5: agree with that. But, you know, I, I'll just say one more thing on it before it is the next thing, and that uh, I, I think that, you know, at this point, you just got to you gotta put it behind you and you got to play the game. But uh, what I really wanted to touch on tonight was it, it seems like, like tonight, I, I don't think there's a lot I didn't like about the Oilers game. They dominated the first. Nashville It played better in the second and third, but I still for the, I mean, you guys can tell me whether you disagree or not. It, I still thought overall the Oilers were the better team. But uh, at the end of the day, I think uh, what this comes down to is, again, the special teams. I mean, what is it, three power play goals tonight for Nashville?
1: Two. Uh, yeah, two. two two for three on the power play. Yep.
5: Okay, two for three on the power play. Fair enough. Uh, two power play goals. The penalty still at home has been, I think it's fair to say, absolutely horrendous. Well, that's,
1: putting, that's putting it mildly. It, that's polite.
5: That's putting it absolutely <laughs> mildly. That's putting it <laughs> very mildly, and uh, the Oilers got to be better, they had power play opportunities, and I think Horrendous is again generous when it comes to the power play at home, so uh, what do you guys see on that, I'll, I'll let you go on that the special team's got to be better uh, this team, I think I talked to my I'll let. I'll just say this before I go I was talking to my buddy uh, earlier in the night that I was at the game with and I think if the Oilers can have a good, good to great January they can get themselves back in the hunt they got a lot of divisional
1: games there, a lot of opportunity to climb. But you know, that's this special teams has got to change. What do, yeah. you, what do you see there? Yeah, here, all, thanks for calling, very good, uh, good call, Rob. Here's the here's the even more confusing thing about the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. Down to fifty-seven point eight percent at home, eighty-three point one on the road. So it's not like they're incapable. No, of, of of killing a penalty.
2: No, no, not at all. Um, well the way the National Hockey League is, if you have good goaltending and good specialty teams, you're going to have a good hockey club. And the Oilers this year, um, the goaltending has been okay at best. Mm-hmm. Over, uh, overall. Overall, through. yeah. Yep. Okay, yep. Not, not great, but okay. Uh, and their specialty teams have been terrible. Yep. And because of that, they are where they are in the standings. Uh, it's not... The coaching staff and the players aren't blind to that fact. They know they need to get better. They're they're trying to make improvements. We saw in their power play tonight that they had a shoot-first mentality and have for the last few games. So that is a step forward. Um, The penalty kill... (laughs) I, I mean, one still,
1: was a five-on-three.
2: Yeah, and, and yes, and it was a beautiful play, five-on-three as well. So, and the other one was a, a just a, an unlucky break. It it goes off Nuge's skate, goes off Nurse's pad, and ends up on a, a wide open net for for the the Nashville Predator players. So, but it still has to get better. Yeah. Um. To me, I looked at the other schedule and I thought you're not going to uh, make the playoffs this month, but I think that you could actually put yourself out of it. On December thirty well, first, they're 31st, getting close. They're they, getting close. Dis- they, they are playing all division or conference games for the remainder of the month, I believe. On December thirty first, uh, yeah, just the Canadians. Yeah. yeah, oh sorry, yes, just the one. So on December thirty first, I- if they are not within five or six points, then I think they're in trouble. And now tonight, I think they're they're nine points out, and they're they're nine points out. And then there is another a bunch of other teams that are seven points out of them. The, the the Las Vegas is now I believe fifteen points up on them. Is that what it is? And ex- the expansion team? Edmonton's got 28. Uh, Vegas will now have 42.
1: 42. So, six, so 16. Four, yeah. Six. No. no 14. 14, sorry.
2: 14 points. So uh, the others.
1: Uh, well, I mean, they're they're not going to finish top three in the division. No, no. If they get in, they're gonna they're gonna have well, to I be mean, a wild card the, team. Yeah. Well, the, oh, I guess San, thir- still San Jose still. has 37. So they're the they they're, they're nine they're behind them. They're nine there. out of the division and nine out of the. The wild card. But yeah, you have to pass everybody. A lot of teams. And, you know, again, here we are coming up to the halfway point of the season. Well, I guess still 10 games away from that. But two two game winning streaks, one other two game stretch where they got points in back to back games, and six and five in their last 11. Would be okay if you'd bank more points earlier in the season. I mean, every every team's going to have a 10 to 15 yes. game stretch where they're 500-ish mm-hmm. a game below or a game above. But th- there's been no sustained run, and now now you see the real crippling effect of some of those early games on home ice where they were they were sloppy. Yep, they weren't playing detailed. They were trying to make big plays. They weren't making smart decisions at both blue lines, because now you've had two of the last four games where you've played reasonably well and got tons of shots on goal, and you've had a hot goalie and you haven't got the puck to go in. If you have more wins in the bank, you can kind of look at these, not laugh them off, but sort of be like, well, it's, it's bound to happen, you know. But now these are like these are crippling. Yeah, well, losses. you're right. These hey. are,
2: Dangerous loss. And, and you said it best. They they didn't bank enough points. You bank points, and you you go and play games that you should win. You take positives out of them. And you think, oh, you know what? We had a good game tonight against Nashville. You know what? Let's build off of that. Instead, because of where you were in the standings, because of a terrible start to the season. The grip tightens, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now now there's more pressure. And, and, and it's hard to play under pressure. You know, both the two best Canadian teams last year playoff wise were the Oilers and the Ottawa Senators who went into the season with no pressure at all neither team was expected to do anything and it's fun playing that way with no pressure when there's expectations it's harder and when the expectations aren't met Well, then now the pressure starts to build on you, and it gets tougher. And when you play good games and you don't win when you have good games, now it's even bigger. It's more magnified. And I think that's what you're seeing with the Oilers right now. The frustration comes in because they're doing the right things, and they're not getting rewarded for it, but they're paying the price from the slow start. Whenever the
1: Oilers score a goal, Booster Juice gives $25 to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. The total for the season holding steady tonight, $2,275. Oilers lose 4 nothing to Nashville. Ken is on the open line. Ken, we really appreciate you calling. Go ahead.
11: Thanks. Um, um, so um, what I've heard, and I've heard this all season, that the... Um, um, the goals that um, got by uh, Rossmo, he doesn't appear to have had any chance on any of them, and that seems typical for all the the goals that have been scored have been described. Now the other guy had 46 shots as Soros, so therefore, following your logic, none of he did not have four shots that were as hard as the ones that...
1: No, that's well. not true. And, no, well, that's Soros, not true. Soros played really well. He
11: stood on his head. Yeah, Soros no, stood on his head. That's right. So every time we meet somebody like Soros, who I've never heard again, heard of, and probably won't hear much about him in the future, we make these guys look like George Vesena.
2: Well, I mean, it, it, it happens. It, it does. What was it? A couple times, who was the Scrivens? Stood on his head against the San Jose Sharks in a game where the San Jose's probably, oh, it's Scrivens. We're going to light him up. And they had 50-some shots. 59. Wasn't 59. 59 shots. And, and players, I mean, the goaltenders that are in the National Hockey League, even if they're backup goaltenders, they're quality goaltenders. And they have the ability to have nights like we saw tonight. The difference between them and starters is they don't have the consistency to do it. And that's what you saw. So, I mean, the next game that Saros plays, he could let in five in the first period and be pulled because he doesn't have the consistency. But they do have the ability to put together nights like McElhaney did the other night and nights like Saros did tonight. Just like we saw uh, Price and and, um, Bobrovsky, two Vezina Trophy winners, have off nights. They don't do it very often, but there is that oppor- there, there is that chance that they could have those bad nights. So, uh, Saris was was excellent tonight. He got an opportunity, took advantage of it. I don't think it was the others making him look good. I give credit to the kid. I thought he was he he, he had a game of his life, and he was rewarded for it.
1: Four nothing. Nashville takes it. Time for more of your calls, more post-game reaction coming up. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Live Center.
0: Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair.
1: So the Oilers lose again at home. They're 5-10 at Rogers Place. Nashville takes it 4-0 tonight as we check the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard. Vegas, amazing, 2-1 over Pittsburgh. The Lightning beat the Coyotes, 4-1. San Jose wins, 3-2 in Calgary. Colorado gets by Florida, 2-1. Chicago knocks off the Jets, 5-1. Minnesota blanks Toronto, 2-zip. The Ducks over the Blues, 3-1. Montreal beats New Jersey, 2-1 in overtime. Blue Jackets outscore the Islanders, 6-4. Flyers edge the Sabres, 2-1. And Washington gets a 5-3 win In Boston, our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Well, my adjustment would be to request all the games be played on the road, but I guess at least for the next game it'll be an adjustment because the Oilers are at Minnesota on Saturday afternoon. Well,
2: you could also accidentally lose your home sweaters for a game or two just so that you have to wear <laughs> the away ones once in a while. It but is mind-boggling, man. It, it. Well, the thing is, it's mind-boggling is they played so well to start the period. Like They did everything right in the first period and to come out of it without a lead, to me, I, I, I think that was disheartening for the team. And right now the the confidence level isn't high enough to overcome that. And we see it all the time, that one team will dominate, they don't get rewarded, and that all of a sudden they find themselves down in the hockey game, and that's what happened tonight.
1: Predators have won 10 straight against the Oilers. Their coach for BDO first-call debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees is Peter Laviolette.
9: Have you ever seen one like that,
4: that lopsided shot-wise and lopsided score-wise?
8: Um, you know most of the damage was done in the first period you know, we I don't think we were, were quite ready in the first and we needed some goaltending in the second period I thought it we played a lot better game and even things out a little bit but you um, know what the shots were at the end of 1 22 to 4 so there's the whole differential right there this is not only tonight, but two straight games that you say has had performances like this, but especially tonight. How important was he well it was important well, he was really important he was really good, um, like I said, especially in the first period, you get out shot twenty two to 22 to three and you walk in zero zero you 're thankful that your goalie was ready to play and gave us gave us an opportunity to win a hockey game so like I said, we got Bowen in the second, and we're able to capitalize in some situations and um, score some goals. But, you know, without him playing the way he did in the first period, we don't have a chance. What do you
9: put the slow start
8: down to? No,
5: it's going
8: to be through the store. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It could be anything. with Travelled five hours out to Vancouver. Played last night. Went to bed at four in the morning. It's probably not conducive to a good start, but every team goes through it. And there's no excuses. We need to be better right from the start, and we weren't. But our goaltender gave us a shot. What does this say to you when you do find a way to win in a game? Like this? Well, this again, you know, the performance that he had tonight, but especially in the first period when we weren't very good. Um, says a lot about him and the way he's playing right now to be able to handle that many quality chances and that many shots on net and for our guys to respond the way they did in the second period, come out and play, play better, shoot, uh, get get going offensively and uh, try to make some things happen so it was uh, it was good in the second. Peter,
9: is that as much of a mark of a good team or a balanced team when you
8: don't have the best start to a game and you're still able to find a way to turn it back around and win? Then... It It is, I think you know with regard to that, but you can't you can't always bank on that 22 out of 22 saves in the first period. So, yeah, I mean we responded after the first, but um, and then I think when you're confident in your group, uh, when the group is confident, they can go out and play like that. They realize that they weren't at their best and try to turn things around. But certainly not, you know, not what we want to do.
1: Peter Laviolette's Predators are now 27 and four on the season. The Oilers are 13, 17, and two. We have Rocket on the open line. Welcome to the show, Rocket. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good.
9: I was just, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's frustrating watching, but you see, you know, signs of improvement and, and. And it's starting to come around, but I got to tell you, like, uh, it's—I know it's frustrating for Edmonton fans, but I really think this team has what it takes to get to a playoff point. It's not happening yet, but I think it's—I, you know, I I honestly think that this team is playing so much better over the last ten games. That uh, that this thing's going to turn around, and they're going to go on a they're they're going to go on a run. It's not going to be like win loss win loss win loss. It's going to be win win win.
1: Well, I hope so, Rocket. And they're going to need something like, for starters, even winning four out of six or, or 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 five out of seven, because they're they're the hole they're in is, is getting pretty deep. Nine points out of the playoffs. Rob made a good point. Some important games coming up between now and the new year, and certainly when we're, we're sitting here on December 31st, Rob, we'll, we'll have a better ind- indication of, of the chances they'll have in 2018. Hey, I'm on location tomorrow, buddy. Oh, where are you going to be? They're letting me out of, the, out of Ched. Well, I guess I get to come here but they're letting me go somewhere else even. Well, i have actually at Northland's Coliseum, where we used to be all the, all the time. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be doing inside sports live from 6 to 8. Of course, the game tomorrow, Spruce Grove Saints against Okotoks Oilers, last scheduled hockey game at the Coliseum, Rob, and it's in support of 630 Chad Santa's anonymous and Spruce Grove Connect. so that'll be fun to be there.
2: Yeah, no, it will be awesome.
1: And it's delivery weekend for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous Saturday and Sunday. Remember, you can show up at our depot, 9.30 a.m. Saturday, 12122 68th Street. Remember to bring your license and proof of insurance and uh, keep it on 630 Chet all weekend for updates on deliveries. Santa's Anonymous.ca for more info as well.
2: No, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool being at Northlands for the last ever game, and uh, obviously pretty cool. Anything that helps out Santa's anonymous.
1: And I think uh, I think Ryan Smith's going to drop by for an interview tomorrow, so that'll be fun. I thought you were
2: about to say he was going to play in that game. That would be really. I think cool. he's too old. I, he's I think he's an over, over, over. He's, age. A, he's a well over age. <laughs> <laughs> play for the, well, he owns the Spruce Grove Saints
1: now, so he he's, can, he's, he's play for them.
2: Well, you know what? No one will notice. He just, like, I was going to say put on a mullet, but he's already got one, so he doesn't even have <laughs> oh, to worry geez. about that.
1: There we go. You can always get more on 630 com. and, uh, hey, sports-wise, the Eskimo schedule actually came out today, so you can go to our website
2: and check that out as well. they've got an extra bye week this week, or this year. The
1: league has, uh, they announced that during the season that they'd be doing a 21-week season, so all teams get three bye weeks instead of two. Safety reasons? For player safety. Gray Cup, November 25th. In? Edmonton. Wow. That's pretty cool. It'll be cool if Edmonton was in it. That'd be great. That would be good.
2: Rob, thanks for your time, buddy. Hey, Looking looking forward to uh, a nice afternoon with you on Saturday.
1: Hopefully they keep getting the shots and the goals... Well, they, oh, and so it's every yep. second
2: game. Last four games, I don't care how many so, shots they. Hopefully, get some goals next game.
1: Oilers at Wild, ten thirty a.m. Faceoff show on Saturday. The game will start at noon. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. Predators take down the Oilers four nothing. This has been Canadian Brew House overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Have a great night.